Hey, glad you could make it. Welcome to Fantasy Dad Pods, where dad bods are glorified and dad jokes are encouraged. I'm JT, accompanied by Sean. Sean, how we doing? Uh, pretty good. I can uh, breathe a little bit this week. The uh, smoke is clearing up, so uh, not too bad. How about you? Doing good. Um, yeah, I'm glad that the uh, triple digits plus hazy smoke is gone. Um, it feels like summer's over and it's like the spring that we missed out on here locally. Over. So we're just mixing and matching, but um, that's all. It. That's fine. I'm going to give a shout out to our longtime followers, uh, Zach at Admiral Zach Bar and a new follower, Nick. Nick Black's 88. Um, Nick found us through Danielle. So, and then Zach is just a longtime friend and you guys. You and Zach uh, caught it up quite a bit back in the day, right? Or still do? Uh, various games, but yeah, we played a little bit of COD. Yeah. Call of Duty for those that aren't hip. JT calling it COD over here. <laughs> my B, my B. Um, but was Zach my replacement just straight up? When I don't I know kinda... if I want to say replacement. I never played with him as much as I played with you. Because when we were live roommates, we had a problem. But <laughs> but uh, no no wives, no kids at that at that point, for those of you out there wondering. But yeah, we, uh, we played a lot you know, of Call of Duty. You know who had a problem? The competition. Boom. <laughs> there you go. Flashbangs all day. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just Steve Nash, you know, just throwing out assists. Oh, I'm left and right. Also, shout out, thrown out assists, Rotowire, great resource for recent news and notes, all sports, all fantasy sports, even the KBO. Um, your boy, JT, uh, all-time leader at mykbo.net um, and .com. But um, I was like, oh, Rose Juan didn't have any points for me, third baseman, right? And uh, I was like, wonder why. Uh, I bet Rotowire knows, oh, broken sternum. That might be an issue for playing time. So, you know, in the note, it said, look for, and it listed two names to pick up playing time. Well, the full week had gone by. I looked at back at bats and I'm like, one of them took the, the full share of it. I'll just roll with him until I can find up a, a different third baseman. Cause that's, um, it's like a salary cap format. So it's, it's a much different, but um, we'll see how it works this week. There you go. Always, always good. Do you do you like Rotowire for news or any other types? Yeah, of for news? yeah. The, I um, they're the anti Bleacher Report. Sorry, if Bleacher Report, you're listening, but you suck. And Rotowire is like what I view is like the opposite end of the spectrum. I love, uh, I love some Rotowire. I like that. And uh, what is it? Fantasy Life app. Um, they have a lot of information. You can kind of tailor it to notifications. I've been in a battle with them about MLB news because all of a sudden they just dropped off in the like early July and I've been DMing them on Twitter like, hey, what's up? But they say they're they're working on like a almost like a contract negotiation or something. So okay. at, least they're, they're, at least they're better than ESPN fantasy baseball app when yes. they tell you people aren't starting and then they start two minutes later. But for like a fantasy football angle, if you go check out, um, I'll, I'll have to pull it up maybe for later in the show but they have snap counts and how many Ooh. targets and lots of like little detailed stuff like that for every single team and that's always nice when you're looking snap for the huge. waiver wire yeah, yeah, yeah. Snap counts are huge all right before we get started we got the dad joke of the week a few months ago i bought a book how to scam people online still hasn't arrived yet 
You just keep checking that mailbox, JT. It'll get there. Okay, I just figured it's uh, it's still oh it's yeah it's, it's somewhere in route. Yeah. Tried emailing. Hey, did you guys get a tracking number on that? Oh no, just post a stamp. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah you. You'll I'll keep waiting. Fine. Once it starts kicking back that email, you're still all right. You know. That's no just like route. that's just like Patrick in our Worf League. <laughs> that envelope still has not arrived to him and i really don't think it will so i had extra stuff and i mailed his swag to his in-laws <laughs> it's, it's somewhere in the ether it's somewhere yeah. out there someone some random person got it I'm like what is some this? random <laughs> kid of like a chinese postal worker has an awesome magnet and they're cousin has a sweet keychain and they there have no idea what it means Just... they're gonna they're gonna join the league i, I can't wait all right. First yeah. off, recent injury news and notes. We know pain's temporary, so we got to shake it off. Gosh, um, I don't know if we mentioned it last week, but I just wanted to touch on it. Springer, IL. I know. It's a big I feel surprise. Like I, I think I guess every week. I mean, like, <laughs> we'll just permanently him or, him leave or it Harper, in. him, Harper, Buxton, or Trout. One week you're like, all right, here's some news. Speaking of which, Buxton's nearing a return. I actually didn't realize that when I when I saw when I made that comment. But, uh, and Trout is like doing stuff but um his comments i don't know if you read his comments jt he said he's really frustrated i don't view that as a great thing so um i would uh, i would still wouldn't it'd be possible dropping my trout i'm just gonna throw that out there if you're making a playoff push you need some some spots some some eligibility uh dropping trout depending on your, how your il spots work uh is not out of the realm of uh not a thing you shouldn't consider at this point because it doesn't sound very good yeah, when in Rome. Well, that 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 applies to this. Uh, Hoskins, Reese Hoskins returned, hit two dingers on the day. Um, actually, there was one where ESPN actually had it before Yahoo because I have them in both of those leagues. And uh, thank you, ESPN. And I uh, hit two dingers the day he came back. So I'm glad I checked ESPN first. Schwarber's back, looking looking good, looking solid in that uh, Boston Red Sox uniform. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Cruz hits the COVID IL. I think there's a little bit of a COVID bug going through there. I know Yarbrough had it a week or two ago. Um, but same team, Archer returning. Haven't seen him in a minute. Yeah. So I think officially Tampa Bay won that trade, correct? Could you say? By by the slimmest of margins. Slimmest of margins, yeah. I think that's... Analytically speaking. Yeah, I, I just... It, the, it's 50-50, really. Um, Montessi had a setback. Um, Sally Perez hit two dingers and then got a then a little head injury there. I think it was like a foul, his own foul yeah. tip. I can't remember what they, what they said. I see here we have it has a headache. I did they I didn't see concussion listed anywhere. So I think it might just be headache, is what they've called it, like a migraine, but it's not really a migraine when you hit yourself in the face or hit yourself in the head. Yeah, they're like, hey, Sally, what day is it? He's like, I don't know. Well, did you know that it's Saturday? He's like, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Guys, he's dazed and confused. He's hey, dazed. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Maeda hits the IL, actually, officially today. Forearm strain. Um, that's all it's been labeled. Um, and Bassett in the face with that oh man that was that, that was, was that was rough to watch he the news has been good since then i mean we're recording late at night um but so i don't know um 
obviously he's out he's in good spirits is the last quote we saw i don't know if he's left the hospital but uh, uh yeah. other than a, a orbital fracture and all that stuff no further damage after the quarter ct so that's uh that's good it could have been a lot worse oh yeah in terms of just the outcome very positive so in your medical professional opinion, does he get like a Terminator eye socket now? Yeah, um, and he's part robot. So um, as part of your part robot kit you get, you get a, a robotic shoulder. And I'm assuming he's going to pick his his throwing arm and uh, watch out for the 112 coming next year. Fantasy sleepers. Is he like Rowan Gardner 2.0? Just oh, like... dude. Like t- <laughs> Rowan Gardner slash Terminator 2, the superior Terminator movie. Like, yeah. absolutely i'm jelly cutting edge cutting edge you know Um, who i'm not jelly of diego castillo shoulder il isn't it shoulder like general soreness yeah but that's just very vague and i don't i don't like that that's usually not like what you're saying i agree like that's usually like we talk about we want something to be wrong and you fixing something rather than like especially with a pitcher and a shoulder you're like soreness or as the Mariners fans have come to know it as sogginess uh drew smiley uh that he never pitched for the Mariners after that so that scares all of us that uh we just traded for a guy and then uh he has just general shoulder issues other than that uh darvish um doing some back spasm issues il nearing a return carlson hits the il with wrist um and that that can be finicky and we'll see how that plays out in terms of just where st louis is at competing for the playoffs how soon they bring him back um but i really don't like wrists next yeah. to any player's name yeah that, um, those those usually take about a year to get that strength back to get that rotation back it's yeah castellanos has kind of been the weird one i have i haven't checked the last couple of weeks how he's been doing since he came back really i just saw the initial like couple days but it's just hard medically to imagine if you really have something really wrong with that risk to rotate when you have to swing and get leverage there get apply pressure to it it's just like it seems like a lot can go wrong a lot can go wrong yep chris Bryant taught us that but you know but as far as the handmate medals and also taught us that's not a big deal mike zanito taught us big deal <laughs> to each their own yeah now he looks he looks like he's doing a-okay hitting dangers did he did he get up on the uh dad strength meter any monster dongs nice segue time? another segue is kyle or kind of kyle seager mitch hanniger just hit a bomb in oakland at dead center so i don't i didn't get the stat cast on that one yet because it literally just happened but dead center in oakland is no uh no small bomb there um but uh Speaking of bombs, Tommy Pham, 486. Moving on. Uh, Hunter Renfro, 456. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Respect the dad strength. <laughs> you can talk about that individual as much as you like, but I still because he Just because he helped lead somebody else to a fantasy championship against you. Just, you know, you could have traded for him. I traded him. You could have traded for him. I know. You could have <laughs> traded for him. That was your fault, really, more than anybody's. Um, I got a face full of the Christian Yelich home runs this week. He got two mm. of them. He hadn't done anything all year, and he decides to hit some bombs against me, including Grand Slam. Loved it. Um, <laughs> 13 RBI day by my opponent was fantastic. Yeah, Kyle Seager, three bombs, long of 446. Oh, 
Framel Reyes, uh, he hit a couple. How cool was that uh, Little League uh, All-Star game? Now I think about that. That was, that was really fun. Man, Quantrill, like, he had a chip on his shoulder. It was like he was trying to exhibition for, like, yeah. uh, you know, my my little league coach didn't I'm start a fan me. Of these, I'm a fan of these little, like, <laughs> travel games. And I don't want them to be games. Make them series. Like, rather than, you know, like, mm-hmm. a couple of games in there, make them a full three-game series with these teams. They could stay there for a couple of days, do things, do more crazy stuff. Because one days are kind of hard. You limit yourself, but really spread it out. I'm thinking, I, I want a three-day series at these places. Anyway, sorry, Charlie Blackman, dad, two dingers. Beard. Within, within six feet of each other, too. So he was very consistent with those dingers. We should get a chase take on the beard of Charlie Blackman. Ooh, I just, I was talking to Chase today, actually. Um, But, um that's very weird okay um otani of course on here you know just 4 30 that's kind of a wonder what's wrong with him <laughs> yeah that's no tyler o'neill 450 <laughs> or tatis jr playing outfield yeah man he, he we talked about it last week but man he when he's healthy he's just on it's so crazy how he is just dialed in he's just performing He's, such a high level there's almost no lull we're gonna get like. we're gonna get off on a little tangent here but i have a question for you so the issue is like kind of like what bryce harper and Ichiro's thing when he was up was he wouldn't dive and wouldn't slide head first and pr- really protected himself and Ichiro's health is a testament to that he you know he was always healthy and he's you know played till he's like 80 the other side is the bryce harper or the ken griffey jr or now the tatis when you play so hard so fast yeah it looks really splashy but you lose a lot of games by playing that way. So how do you feel? We're going to get on a little tangent drafting him next year, knowing that style, what you look at with Mike Trout. Now it tends to let you tend to miss games. How much can you trust Tatis health wise next year? Oh man, that's tough. Cause I mean, you're basically saying he's too fast, too furious, and you don't want him to go the Paul Walker route. Oh and I can respect gosh. that. Um, <laughs> you want a more Vin Diesel route? <laughs> want him to be Vinny D. But in all seriousness, oh man, I just saw Tommy Fan's face and I lost all. <laughs> you got so mad. Track of thought. Um, Fernando Tatis <laughs> Jr., his teammate who we're talking about currently, I think you draft him. Hopefully, Obviously, the price isn't going to weigh that in in terms of just like he's going to yeah. be a first rounder in redrafts. But like if you have a choice at like second or third, do you take the chance to be the more healthy guy? Because Acuna got hurt this year, but in, he's been healthy relatively. So would you take an Acuna or, you know, somebody else that's like more likely to stay healthy versus the upside of a Tatis? I still would go Tatis and then just hopefully later in the draft, you can get like a, multi-eligible you know with a short shop eligibility type but in terms of when he's on the field when he's been playing he's worth that round pick and maybe worst case scenario if you get fed up with it on his second il stint you know next year or whatever and you can still get full value on the trade maybe you know that's a decision you make down the road but in terms of right now you can't predict injury but it seems like he is more often than not, like he he plays hard and you respect that. But yeah, in terms of fancy value, like it's gotta be fair about it. But I would I'd say you still go for it. How about you? Yeah, uh, there's really no wrong answer. It's just personal preference. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh man, it, it, again, it depends on where you draft. 
if if I'm at the top, I that the the likelihood of him doing 30-30, I think, is more than Acuna at this point, or you know, even 40-40. But again, with going that many times stealing, you run the risk of getting hurt. But I I play upside like you. I want to see the opportunity to get a 40-40. And you get a guy who goes 40-40, you're in the playoffs. He's basically gonna get you the playoffs by himself. And I'll I'll take that chance. I'll take one player like huge upside getting me there versus and could miss most of the season like a Mike Trout, but I'll, I'll take that chance all day. Yeah. Cause in terms of Tatis, he's almost his own tier. I mean, Trey Turner uh, might be near that, but not in terms of everybody healthy. I would say, um, I've, I've delved into stats recently with with one player in particular he'll be my third player here but it's Acuna Tatis either or like if healthy because Acuna won't get the stolen bases but like and I don't I mean he might get actually more stolen bases than Tatis depending on the team and how they go but he just doesn't think have as much pop because Pang and Pac Bell is like real that's real dingers right there but I think people sell still sell Mike Trout when he's healthy short because what he was doing when he got hurt uh before he got hurt was stupid and um his his ops is still just absolutely no one's touching that no one's touching that and everyone just forgets like because it's not again he doesn't do steal as many bases but just he has such a much higher ops than everybody and it's just it's just ridiculous <laughs> so yeah. i think those three are that's it i mean i i guess i should have clarified i was thinking more shortstop vein but yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah i do agree yeah with you. yeah i mean in terms of just his own tier in terms of production period yeah any yeah. hitter um it's those three i think honestly like mookie Betts for this year who invested in him he's nice and he'll probably bounce back next year but it's just he's not a 40 home run it's so hard yeah it's so hard and what these guys are doing and they're how young and trust are weird but he's always the exception everywhere who's the brady to nfl they're like well mike trout does it well mike trout is you know you can't compare everybody to that he just plays baseball at different levels so those three are are it sorry tangent his teammate manny machado Holy Manny Machado. One almost 120 exit <laughs> velocity. Um, for context, that was six miles an hour faster than, than anybody else. On a um, rope, 15 degree launch angle. Like that dude, got out quick. So, so here, number three, Joey Gallo, 112. Did you see today what they did what the Yankees finally did? No. They played Gallo, Judge, and Stan in the outfield. The, Gallo guy, center? the slowest outfield in history. No, Sean Gallo was center in Texas. He, I'm gonna bring up Statcast. I want to see his sprint speed. Man, gosh, I, you know what I saw? He was actually a horrible, horrible, horrible fielder until two years ago, and then completely reversed it. He was negative just like, oh, seven. it could be traded to a contender soon. Better step it up for a good. Uh, solid negative, year. I believe it was negative 14 run defensive runs saved two years ago, and then positive 17 runs saved the next year <laughs> wow i was looking this up because i think there's something wrong with the defensive run save metrics but that's a different debate for a different day yeah. <laughs> um the top of the leaderboard people are people you would never guess anymore so all right so in terms of sprint speed he's at the 58th percentile but his outfield outs above average 94th percentile and his outfielder jump is 95th percentile yeah, and that's that's what, what i'm saying is the last couple of years oh this is just a i'll try to quick as short as possible the last couple of years analytics have loved certain defenders 
and they're always like winning field Bible awards and things like that mm -hmm. constantly. And in the last two years since COVID hit, players who sucked and have sucked for a while have completely gone to the top and have been really good defenders by certain metrics. So I'm like, did did like the pandemic affect all of our data or something like that, or what happened, or did somebody find some more efficient way and then like of measuring something, or what's going on? Because you know when you have Kiermaier being worse than Joey Gallo. When you have Matt Olson being a worse defender at first base than um, Ty France. When you have, um, oh, who was the other guy? Um, Dallas Keuchel saving more defensive runs than Matt Chapman. Like, like, what's happening in these last two years? Like, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> like, all three of those ex examples are real right now as I say this because I look this up. I'm like, what? Like, Dallas Keuchel has pitched like a hundred and something innings as more defensive run saves than Matt Chapman. Dude's won a fielding Bible award. He's won two. Like, what is happening? Those are advanced metrics. So it's just like, sorry, it's a little soapbox, but I was just like, how are these, how are all these things true this year? It's just a weird year, man. It's a weird year. It is. We're coming off. Yeah, just didn't know which way was up. And this year is just very unpredictable. Joey Gallo covers more ground in the outfield this year than Kiermaier. I don't, I can't explain it. I don't know how, like. He just, maybe he really focused on his hip DJ Crone is, is a better infielder than a first baseman than Matt Olson. I don't understand. <laughs> like, I just don't <laughs> get it. Like, like that, he, Matt Olson won the Fielding Battle Award for general all players. And CJ Crone's like, I'm better now. I'm like, how, what is happening? Okay. It really um, shows who utilized their time in the off season. <laughs> i'm so confused like this is me just like breaking down as an individual like on on podcast oh. anyways <laughs> shout out to our city's aquino he's still alive and kicking and hitting him 113.5 exit velos on his home run also adele you know bottom at the, batting at the bottom of the order there but um yeah hey tyler o'neill Story Chisholm, Chisholm's healthy, finally healthy. Yep, Zimmer, Zimmer's been popping them. Um, yeah, gosh, Otani 12th, that's it, 110 on a home run last week. Jeez. I, I think he's off the podcast now. You're barely above Lars Newt Bar and some guy, and what's the other guy's name, Juan Soto. I'm I'm just going to hitting now for the last seven days because I don't want to see Otani all the way down there at like eleven. Like that's just embarrassing, Shohei. <laughs> like, how dare you? You were you were the chosen one. Um, so the last seven days. Um, let's see Actually, some... you know who the chosen one is? I think that's a good segue. I just want to. You wanted to talk about him, the chosen. Oh one, yeah. yeah, Gavin Weir. I made my wife watch that little league world series game and she has no idea what's happening. I'm like, you need to watch this kid. Yeah. South Dakota doesn't do anything about baseball, but this kid is making you take notice. 21 <laughs> innings. South Dakota hit, does. No one runs 55 Ks. 55 Ks. What does South like, Dakota do? They do. We do little league world series baseball and division three football. That's what we do. Or I guess North Coast division, division two, is but yeah. the division. Like, two. oh man. But just some stats for Gavin Weir. District, state, and regional. So all before the Little League World Series. 21 innings, 55 strikeouts. No earned runs, one hit. He Not didn't didn't at the Little League World Series his first game. He was five and a third 
I believe one hit 15 Ks. Mm-hmm. That was his, that was his. Yeah. And so far overall, the league world series, 16 and two thirds, no runs, no hits, only two walks to 45 strikeouts, which. Oh, walk, be, not a hit sermon then. Yeah. Yeah. 86.5 K percentage. You know, I, I, there are people who know more about analytics than me, but I, I, I think that'll play. <laughs> like, i think i think teams are interested now i'm gonna, <laughs> like, I'm gonna ring in my answer blah, blah, blah. uh that's pretty good cotton <laughs> yeah uh, it's a bold strategy just strike everybody out right. we'll see, how, see how it plays out so pinching, don't allow hits walks and strike everybody out i think <laughs> i think teams like that yeah pitching ninja uh tweeted out next chris sale question mark because i think when you put he put them up side by side their deliveries it looks like Chris Sale stole Gavin Weir's like uh, I like how you're giving I like how you're giving Gavin Weir the nod that Chris Sale stole his. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Chris Sale's rehabbing. Maybe he did a tour through South Dakota, do some history, see the land, and was like Matt Matt Olson, oh. dad dinger, dead center just now. Whoo. That's not a cheapy. Sorry. That's making us proud. But who else made us proud over the last seven days? Oh, shoot. Oh, jeez. Uh, um, yeah, I got close. I was, I was getting distracted by... Sorry. We're bouncing around, but yeah. um, in terms of number, hitting... Number five, Freddie Freeman. The yeah. MVP's coming back. He's, Na- he's, not, he's not getting enough just, that easy. Naquin found his home run swing, although I think he's batting kind of low in the lineup, and it kind of shows four home runs, five ribbies. Yeah. Although, um, gosh, top 10. My guy who I'm now playing against in fantasy because I didn't pick him up, CJ Crone, um, had another monster a week. Just two more dingers, five, eight RBIs, 12% walk, only 20% strikeout rate. Like, just keeps doing it week after week, and it hurts my heart every time I see it. If for some reason you owned Nikki Lopez, uh, you know, you'd have to be a fairly deep league or really uh, you're talking you know. to the guy who owns them in our 15 team league there you go did you start <laughs> yeah. Him? oh yeah eight yeah, middle stolen infield is, bases middle infield is so weak in that league like are you kidding me yeah you gotta get anything you can get any sort of value wow well he has didn't he has 17 on the year now but eight in the last week yeah, yeah he was like i mean we're talking 15 teams 30 or 15 teams like 30 deep guys like we're oh, talking yeah. like it, crazy deep so we're getting i'm mean, gonna say scrape the bottom of the barrel we're scraping the bottom of the barrel and injuries and all that stuff you know injuries include so you roster five il guys so we were going even deeper than that 35 guys you can imagine middle and field's pretty weak so i picked up nikki lopez a couple weeks ago just because he was getting on base a little bit <laughs> and then right. like cash money man i mean that's that's impressive that kansas city royals wow I mean, Wit Benetini, four right, stolen right. bases. Darling Marte, you only had six this last week. Jeez, guys, keep pace. Dude, what a what a bum. What a bum. Otani, you only had two. God, what is happening to Otani? He used to be the face of our podcast. Now he's just trash. Oh, do you even want this MVP? Or are you just trying to get the Cy Young? Well, or? well, it's it's like the rookie of the year last year. Vladimir Guerrero is trying his hardest to lose it right now with how he's been playing. So, um, I think it's Otani's to 
to lose. Oh, actually, that is going to go just go off the next week. Like, this is what's going to go. Um, pitching the last seven days, Adam Wainwright, uh, old man Wainwright, just eight shutout innings, one one start. So he's he's good again. I, I don't, you know, we've talked about him before. I, I don't get it. Tristan McKenzie at number 10, JD. I got to ask you something about him. Like, I, in various leagues, have picked him up, dropped him, picked him up, dropped him, because he will go off two starts. Like, we're talking almost perfect game in the eighth inning. Next mm-hmm. game, seven innings, no earned runs, and then just go like two innings, 14 earned runs the third game and just ruin all and just completely tanky for the next week. Is he gonna is he gonna level out here, JT? What's going on? Yeah, um, our boy Mikey Ahedo, uh freelancing for right currently. Last article he did a Tristan McKenzie piece on baseball that. prospectus. And he was saying that McKenzie's fastball is not as good as it once was, but his secondary stuff is really playing up. And that's been his key to his success recently, which is very much, if you told me pitcher A is doing that, I'd say, oh, they must play for the Cleveland Indians. The Cleveland Indians are amazing at taking a average fastball pitcher and playing up their secondary stuff. Um, It, for the last i don't know six plus years but in terms of like who he's been pitching against i mean the last couple last two great games that are on everyone's mind with you know 15 innings 19 strikeouts the angels and the tigers which is you know those are weaker teams but that's what you should be doing um but usually it's just he gets he either gets hit i mean he had one game where he kind of blew up um, against the White Sox there of recently, but he usually has a solid K to walk. It's just that he he just leaves it too much. He, he challenges too much, but he's so young and, and electric and it's, it's. And working with Cleveland, like you said, it's got to get better, right? Like it's just got, cause he's coming off a major injury a couple of years ago. So I think more time with this staff, I mean, you've seen all the guys they put out in the last couple of years. I think it only only time is only going to help him with this sleeper next year. Just watch. No, didn't Aaron, your boy Aaron Nola take some awesome game to the eighth or ninth and then lose it on like an error, like a no hitter or pretty much close to a. I can't. I think he did too. Oh man, I can't remember. There was a, there was like a stretch of like four days where like in three of them like someone had taken like a perfect or a no hitter into eighth inning or something. Yep. All um, all we needed was just that single tweet from what's his face? I can't even think of his name. ESPN guy, not Buster Olney, but um the other short one with the bow tie. Oh um oh man. Um but he was like he'd like tweeted out, he's like, Well, I guess the year of the no hitter is no more, and then <laughs> there's no hitter three hours later. <laughs> yeah. Gilbert, not not the Mariner Gilbert, but yeah, a different Gilbert. Vladimir Gutierrez stomping on fools. He had a nice two start week. I uh, just want to shout out that name. Definitely a pickup eligible 12 team league. Logan Webb might have might be the free agent pickup of the year, depending on how he finishes in terms of pitching. Holy cow. Uh, he had a two start week. I saw someone tweet out on. They're like, man, can he have two starts every week? Just, <laughs> just going crazy there for the Giants. I'm looking at uh, Roland Woba now, unless you have somebody else. But um, 
talking about the guy Matt Chapman really uh stepping it up same with Mookie Betts and Sally Perez I, I guess that's the last 50 but yeah we talked about all those guys already today um one that we're going to talk about later but one of the worst is Miguel Cabrera um I think everybody listens to this podcast knows why we're talking about him later but still that's kind of a little bit surprising here but then mm-hmm. on the last hundred plate appearances he's one of the top five guys so you know potato tomato you know those are different but you know um jack flaherty been uh andrew heaney since he joined um the yankees been doing some nice things um all washington pitchers suck that's <laughs> what i'm looking at the the the, the robot the ex woba so uh i don't they don't they all can't play baseball <laughs> right now so that's interesting list here it's really sad <laughs> yep. so, I saw uh, uh Young Kim is going to a bullpen role. Just yeah, of but... note, just FYI, throwing it out there. Uh, I know he's been on the IL, but and it's probably been seen. But like Reynaldo Lopez, I picked him up for those last two starts. But now that Rodon's coming back, it's he's going back to the bullpen. So, um, anybody else strike your fancy here? <laughs> Uh, Brady, Brady Singer is a conundrum I want to try to tackle in the offseason. He just, I've noticed you I've noticed you fighting with that all year in various leagues. You are you're all over that ship. And I've kind of dipped my toe in too, but I, I can't narrow him down either. I don't understand. Yeah, it's almost kind of like a Justin Dunn thing. I think we approached it either on this podcast or previously talked about it off. But it's just like he can he can string together some solid innings and he can string together some doozies and um yeah those two that's a good comparison those two just feel like any given day you roll some dice and it could literally be anything it you can convince me he's going to be prime roy holiday or you convince me he's jose mesa and it, it would not surprise me either way couldn't find the plate to save his life fernando ronnie style or like oh um or gavin weir style where you ain't touching nothing. <laughs> I just cannot make those two guys out. And when you're that young of a pitcher and 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 I'm seeing glimpses, I want to buy in. Yeah, yeah. I can see a couple. But uh, yeah, I'm more, I mean, more I'm higher on Singer, obviously, than Dunn. But still, it's just like they yeah. they they were looped in the same kind of like I don't know what to make of them category. No, I think I'm off at least for the rest of the year, but. The off season and you'll go you, know, you gotta get you'll get your fix you feel later don't even some random flyer <laughs> late in a 15 yeah. draft gotta get my fix um speaking of fix didn't have to fix the toilet this week but i sat on it quite a bit and um i was just thinking about september's coming up and i linked a an article it's kind of older it's got names that have already come up but there's some honorable mentions probably to focus on but September usually signals you know expanded rosters and playing time getting switched around for for prospects getting called up I didn't know if there's any names that just to throw out there people to you know kind of keep on their watch list be aware of if if they haven't already um yeah for um I'm going to do first, like a quickly, like for this end of this year type situation. Cause yeah, a lot of these guys have already been called up for this year. I don't know 
like you always see Bobby Witt. I don't think he's going to get called up. And if he does, I don't know how much he's going to contribute right off the bat. I think like a Seth beer in Arizona or a, oh man, I don't think, I don't think uh, Shane makes his appearance. Um, yeah. A beard type. I don't think a lot of these other guys are going to make an, an appearance on here. There's one other name that I saw on here that was, um, Patino, Sixo Sanchez. I mean, these na- these are names that you can't can't necessarily just early stash. I mean, if you have yeah, you're, you're able gonna have to, to get you now. could kind of do your research and pick one or two. But I would say if they're not rumblings, owned, you need to snag these guys in futures. The ones I would own is Shane Baez. Uh, that's the guy um, that I would like really go after. Nolan Gorman too. I don't know where he's going to end up playing. Have they they've moved him right? I thought they were moving him to second because Arenado's yeah, now. I was going to say, I thought, because I haven't checked where he's playing in the minors, but I was like, they were going to move him, but I didn't actually check where they moved him to. But Nolan Gorman, too. Um, Nolan Jones. I like both of them, not for name reasons. Um, I think Jer- Jaron Duran is, I think he came back up to the Red Sox. He's dabbled so far this year. Yeah, but he's, he's dipped back and forth. These are guys like that, that, like, Dieter Downs, these are guys that you need to – stash if you have keepers for next year for because for again for these years this year i'm not sure most of this list because again the the this year is like jt said this list a lot of it and a lot of prospects have been called up already because it's kind of been weird but um this year the the rosters and future aren't expanding as much as they did in the past so i think less big calls will happen in september than in the past year josh low or josh lau I mean, he's definitely a home run steals guy. Not really an average. He'd be solid OBP, but I just don't know. He, you might see him in September, but yeah. um, Helio Ramos, I don't, I don't, I don't think you want to roll the dice unless yeah. you see it confirmed. Especially with, with San Francisco and how they're rolling. I don't, yeah. I don't call that kid up now. So it, it's kind but of just. Actually, this name I just realized, Edward Cabrera, didn't it get announced he was being called up to I think, pitch for Miami? So there's a name to go grab if, if he's still is there. He like, is he like up, up, or is he like a spot thing? Oh, like a 27th man doubleheader? Yeah, because I think like, because there's like other things that are like, he's just filling spots until some other guys like come off some little things and stuff like that. That's what I was reading or something like that. So I'm not sure he's going to like start the rest of the season. He might. Because again, he has some he has some hype, but it, Miami has like pitchers just falling out of their pockets, you know. Like they're they're not short of that. Yeah, I'm trying to get to Cabrera, but um, is there anything else we really need to hit to before we get to some football, or we're running short on time here? No, I think we're good. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so we're gonna get some some football here so everybody's got some drafts coming up we touched a little bit on player depth from teams last couple weeks um we're gonna talk about draft we got some drafts coming up here in a couple weeks as well almost a week away and uh jt highlighted matthew barry's habits for highly effective drafters we'll just kind of tell you the two things we do um we're trying for draft and we'll talk about kind of each one and his habit one is they spend a lot of time preparing I would say send, spend like like analytics, spend efficient time preparing because you can over prepare. You can look too much in the numbers. And when you get a system and you draft too many times mock, you get kind of guys you want, you get stuck into a position. 
I last year got stuck into wanting Juju. I was like, oh, he'll get really good value. Ben Roethlisberger's back, and it bit me in the butt. I did find other ways, so I was able to compete in most leagues. But, like, again, like, you spend too much time preparing, you will kind of pigeonhole yourself into a certain style. I get what he's meaning. He's not meaning that, but use your time wisely. You, there is this thing to, like, step back and just, like, let your instinct kind of take over a little bit, too. Yeah, I mean, that. I'm uh, much more of a try to try to kind of go what we've been going over the last few episodes. Get familiar with your depth. Oh, and actually that's habit number two. <laughs> but yeah, no. I'm preparing to like um, know who's where, who's moved in the offseason, you know, projected starters, you know, opportunities, things like that. And then I just kind of usually that last week before my draft kind of cram at the end position group by position group and try to get really familiar. And so that way you're in the draft and maybe you've narrowed down to a, like a couple and it's your turn on the clock. Who do you like most? Take them, you know, just try to be efficient. And I'm, I'm not the best at that. I am known to wind down my clock all the way, even if I'm on the, on the turn. <laughs> JT, you had two full minutes and you took it down to 58 seconds each time. No. I know. And I'm like, you look over at me and I'm like in a dead sweat. And you're like, oh, you're okay. Well, sorry. He's alive. <laughs> like we, water. We, check on, we check on him. Yeah. But yeah, have it too. Identify the depth at each position. That's And that's kind of what I was touching on as well in terms of preparing. I'm trying to be efficient with it. That's that. I think his habitat or habitat, his habit number two is like, honestly, it should be number one. Like that's, that is the biggest thing. Understand who is the backup to who. I wouldn't attack them as much because um, that, that's kind of number three, minimize risk. Don't attack them. And I don't really believe in the handcuffing thing. If you get a guy, don't force yourself into taking a, a backup to a guy that you already have. Play it by ear. I mean, minimizing risk, I get it. Like, And it's, it's funny because in fantasy, the first couple of picks are running backs. Inherently, they're way riskier, but that's the most value. It's the most bang for your buck. So his own rule goes against his own grading scale, but you get it. If your first round pick, there was a stat I give out. It's, it's a couple of years outdated, but it's real. It's, I assume it's probably pretty close. It's about 19 to 21%. If your first round pick gets hurt, that's your odds of making the finals. You only have about a 20% chance of making it. So you want your first round pick to be a safe pick. Don't go with some gamble of like drafting some, like, see, and when I say like, um, uh, Ridley would be my guy. Do not draft Ridley in the first round because you're not sure usage. First time without Julio, the new tight end, an aging Matt Ryan, you're like new kind of system. You're like, who, what's he going to look like? Early second round, totally fine. Like the talent is not an issue, but talent doesn't always get you most fantasy points. And that's what, that's what risks you. You don't want to avoid a guy like that in the first round. You want to know who you're getting in the first round. I agree. And actually, Ridley is a really good example of that. Um, everything should point to that um, upside, but seeing is believing sometimes. And, you know, at the end of the day, fantasy is supposed to be fun. If that's what you want to do, go for it. But if you want to win, I would think the smarter choice would be elsewhere. Um, habit four, use rankings flexibly and in context. Probably they should read the article a little bit more because that doesn't really give me I, too much to go off of. That's kind of like when you someone's like, well, the number five pick is Nick Chubb, so I got to take Nick Chubb. 
Okay, like, I can see that. It, it's more of like, what does your team need? And like, kind of go with the first one and like understand your, how you want to play this and how you think you can get it. What I recommend again is like, do a couple mock drafts to see kind of like, if you like a guy in the first round that the, the like if you like a Ridley at five and you want to take him at five, that's fine. Like JT said, this should be fun. But then like when it comes back to you and now in the second round, you it's your, I don't know, whatever the next round is, how many teams you have, you're in the middle of the round. It says, take Julio Jones of the Titans. Now you can do that, but now you have to understand you now have two wide receivers. You have no quarterback and no running back. And you're looking at round three and it's going to be halfway through round three. So don't have some fluidity in who you want to take. When you want to take, don't be like, this number says this, I'm a robot. Yeah. And understand who you need to fill at what your teams, I guess that's how I would say. Yeah. I think I, if I think about more now, I could also say if you're near, you know, the front or back end near the turns in your snake draft, um, maybe seeing a position group that's coming up that's thin and making sure you get that before it goes around the turn and comes back to you. There's no such thing as reaching when you're on the turn because you kind of dictate the, when the, the runs start, because again, like JT said, if you're in a 12 team league, you're drafting 24 ish drafts picks apart. Like that's, that's a long way to like, you're going to miss a whole quarterback. Like that's that all the good quarterbacks are now gone by the time you drafted. So if you want one, you just get one at the turn. You decide that there's no reaching at the ends. Habit number five, he points out, focus on winning weeks. Um, Now this is habits of effective drafters. So. That, that, That would, the only thing I would take from that is bye weeks don't lap too many bye weeks in there, but I think I would disagree with Matthew Berry on this one is the whole, you can't look at it as a week to week thing. You have to trust that the talent will play out. I have good players. They will play out if they're healthy. And that's always an if, but that's an if for every team. Like I drafted Christian McCaffrey, um, Patrick Mahomes. Um, I had Tyler Lockett and I, uh, some other guy. And I'm like, this is a talented team. Now I got to the finals, Kishman McCaffrey got hurt, but I go like, look, I just don't have to freak out and the talent will play out and they will, will be fine. And, you know, Mahomes didn't get up to some crazy start because the Chiefs adjusted. I'm like, look, he'll be fine. Let it play out. Like you looking at week two and be like overreacting to week two, you've got the players, guys are first round for a reason, unless you went really crazy with your flexibility on your rankings, um, you'll be, you'll be just fine. Habit six, drafters are adaptable and trust themselves above all others. Um, that seems too simple to be true, but like you can <laughs> second guess yourself just like you're spending too much time preparing or could do so. Um, ultimately, when it comes down to it, when you're on the clock, trust your gut, go with your first thought and try not to second guess unless, I mean, I think injury, like any type of like recent injury news is always kind of tough to, uh, you know, just digest and and try to make a call on. But otherwise, um, you know, sometimes the expert rankings are there for a reason. The, you know, ADP is there as a guide and um, there's no technically bad quote unquote picks. Yeah. Um, 
if you're well, following yeah. that template if you're within the realm or the range if the guy's not on the pub list and you're like oh i didn't notice <laughs> but yeah, yeah you don't need three kickers just you don't need three kickers. just know that <laughs> that you bring up a good point jp it's or jp jt jp crawford's batting right now um but um fantasy football especially football injuries are way more like questionable and like hamstrings versus like a guy is on the il for 10 days like it is so much more random so when and so more so many more so much more often too so coming out of tr- spring or preseason it's just like uh there's gonna be a lot of guys who have that little like square the little health square next to their name and so those those are big gambles but i jt's right jt um is a very very good drafter and uh i think it what jt does and with people who know what they're doing is the first couple rounds it's hard to screw up because everybody is talented you can throw a dart a darts at a dartboard and picks three players in the first three or four rounds and be fine. After that is where your knowledge really comes in. After that, be adaptable and trust yourself of everybody else. I do not care about rankings at a certain point in baseball and football. Usually baseball is around 10 or so, eight, nine, 10. That's yes. You kind of, you want to know what rankings are for value and how other people in the draft will value the player, but for your own rankings and how you value a player, get the guy you want to get, at any round if you think like i'll know like me and jt know like oh bryce harper i'm gonna we had an option i know jt will pay this much so i want to get him for this much like you have to know kind of like another guy likes a guy or something like that but like i was a big on cabrian hayes this year in our yahoo league didn't pan out but i knew it i knew some other people really liked him too so i had to go like round 10 to get cabrian hayes because i knew his round was coming up in like really like round 12 or so but I figured people liked him, so they're going to bump him up to like around 11. And if I wanted him, I'd have to go even above that. So that's kind of what you're looking at. So once a certain point and the really great all pro players are gone, just trust your gut. Trust who you get, who you want. Because like JT said, this is supposed to be fun. Get the guy you want to root for. So Yeah, and then at the end of the day, if you get your guy, you're not going to look back and say, oh, wow, I took him two yeah. rounds early or three rounds early. You're going to be more pissed off oh i got sniped and i was trying to be smart and wait and then i don't have him maybe now i gotta bug that person or trade for him and overpay yeah i don't know Mm -hmm. um it's just i would say two rounds is a healthy you know stretch quote unquote to grab the person that you want um habit seven drafters approach the draft as a first step towards success Uh, Yeah, the draft does set you up for success or failure. Um, I don't think you can necessarily win your league. I probably don't think you necessarily could lose your league, but um, it could be be doable in a draft. Um, You say that the first, you know, three rounds is is like, you know, kindergarten homework. Um, I just saw an industry league that was like, all of our children are going to be drafting with us and they have the say on the first, like, I think it was like three, four or five rounds. Like they just, they have, they don't get any advice from the industry, you know, quote unquote experts. I thought that was fun. Like a, you know, daddy and me, you know, draft, you know, the the only way you would, that would backfire is if they literally just pick three quarterbacks because like three running backs, you could play them. Three wide receivers, you could play them. The only way you would get in real trouble is just three quarterbacks, three or four quarterbacks. But like, yeah, like there's no, I would say in football, the draft 
because there's less movement, there's less things like that. You can the players that you'll get on the free agent wa- waiver wire are splashier and bigger, but the season is isn't as long weeks wise. So I would say the draft is more important in the moment versus the long haul baseball. Paying attention during the dog days like August, like right now, is really important in baseball if you want to really make that push. I think in football, your draft baseball is like you draft and it gets you like thirty percent of the way there. That's it. Football. You can draft and be like, boom, I will probably be in the playoffs. If Obviously, everything goes without saying injuries, but you can go, boom, I'm in the playoffs at the draft. That's how I felt in all my drafts, and I was in the playoffs in every single one of my leagues. It, it, was, it was more of like, after that, it's the moves you make in there and the health. It's hard to ruin it in football, but you really can. Like, again, if you, if you draft a guy and you don't have a quarterback, the biggest one is if you don't have a quarterback that's any good and you're like, I'm running out hurts as my starter, and you're like, ugh. Like, you could easily convince me you're not even in the running for, for playoffs. But if you don't, if you do something shy of that, there are 10 caliber like starting quarterbacks that are easily like I could see a playoff team making the playoffs with anything short of that. You're like, you'll be fine. You at least have a playoff shot, clearing the waivers, getting healthy, making good picks later. You'll be totally fine. Yeah. And if our, if you're anything like our former league mate, uh, big Sean, uh, you could literally just, shoot the moon pinochle style and draft the most obscure team and just run away with it and have no rhyme or reason so i'm going to give context for this because this is really important <laughs> and so this was a fantasy baseball league. like i said drafting is hard in fantasy baseball in football i'll put in context again jt lost in the finals to a guy who drafted auto drafted football from korea made four moves all year and won the league like it, it, there was no effort put in that league and he won it I'm not saying he's a bad fantasy owner. That's not what I'm saying at all, but it's just like, that's very minimal. Didn't do anything for 16 weeks and won the league. This guy was, could not make our draft wrote on a piece of paper. He's like, I want one of two guys in every single round. And a lot of these rounds were over drafting these guys. But like we said, he wants, I remember James Paxson when he was like, really like his second year getting hurt. He's like, I want him round 14. I'm like, dude, James Paxson's like projected like 400th. You can give us like almost a free agent, like at that point, or, you know, maybe like 300, you know, he was like round 20. I think we go, we went to around 26 rounds. I was like, you can get him around 25, like, or 24. He's like, no, I want him round 14 or whatever it was. I was like, okay. So I drafted this league and he won the whole thing. Like he, he basically <laughs> gambled on young guys and he had a plan the season when he made his moves, he went after all these young guys and he hit on a bunch of young prospects. Like in NFL, you, I've gone to the well, I've gone to, Double rookie running backs, Javid Best, and oh, it was Clemson. It went to Buffalo. Um, not Marshawn Lynch, but um, oh, I can't remember his name now. Spiller, CJ Spiller. I went boom, boom. They both sucked. I, I had a terrible year. <laughs> but like, I like if you want to go rookies, like those are boomer bust guys. But if you hit on just, I didn't have to hit on really both of them. I just had to hit on one of them, and it was you know it was guns a blazing. But you find a strategy and do it. Like I. I got burned on rookies, but I still love guys. Still, I see. I remember their names. That was like how many years ago, JT? That was CJ Spiller, job the best. I was know they went to college. That's how much I was studying at the time. Right, very ingrained in you. Um, I'm switching up our order here. So I now that we've sent, talked about like what good drafters do, um, saw this article. <laughs> what your first round pick says about you. So as good as you can draft, we're still going to judge you, right? Like it's supposed oh, yeah. to be fun banter, things like that. So um, this is on going for two.com. 
and it's what your first round fantasy pick says about you. And I thought it was very good, tongue in cheek. Um, Christian McCaffrey, you're a basic B. Um, you're doing what everyone else is doing. <laughs> uh, Dalvin <laughs> Cook, you're a degenerate gambler. You're just going back to the well, like, you know, oh, he burned me once. You know, it can't happen again. <laughs> can't do it again. Um, Derek Henry, you have a Napoleon complex. Like you, you just want the biggest and the baddest and you're overcompensating for something. Um, Alvin Kamara, you're, you're the random 12th person added to the league at the last minute. And you just, you don't, are, you don't know anything about fantasy. Yeah, <laughs> you're just taking that because you've heard of his name before. Um, Zeke Elliott, you're the D bag. Uh, <laughs> or you're just a Cowboys fan. So you are a D bag. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> those nick, are those are not exclusive <laughs> nick chubb you're just the fantasy like yeah you way overanalyze like you're just oh man he had the most broken tackles he's so elusive highest yards per carry in the fourth quarter uh yards created on goal lines you know just you could go in super in depth and when, it, when jt says this remember those are all categories that do not count in fantasy football <laughs> so the only thing that counts is touchdown and yards so be very careful like he might be the most efficient but getting touches is important so that's all that really matters <laughs> i like how at the end uh, did you know that he leads all running backs in total yards in the second quarter on road games outdoor stadiums Guess what? Next year he plays in seven outdoor stadiums. Boom. And they're like, no, <laughs> stop WTF. <laughs> yeah. Um, Saquon Barkley, you're just you can be easily butthurt. You're ready to get hurt again, and but you're gonna be all snarky about it, pretty much. Yeah. Was, was the vibe. Um, Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor, uh, you are not you were not prepared. You just remember he was really good last year. And you kind of panicked and you're like, oh, uh, he's still available. Yeah, he had an awesome second half. Get him. Um, Tyreek Hill. I, I like the other one, JT, here. They'll be the, also the ones who draft Cam Akers in the second round and think they got a steal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, you're just the zero running back person. Um, kudos to you. You have the number one receiver. Fine. Uh, Devontae Adams. <laughs> Diva? <laughs> I'm not sure about this one. What do you think? I don't know. I think this one, the Joel, the Devonte Adams one, I would, I would say is more like the complete unprepared one because you've heard that name before because he plays for the Packers. The Packers are always in prime time, but uh, yeah, I'd be like, I'd be like you're like super name bit. value. Yeah, like, like tried and true, you know. Yeah, I could see that one as more of a basic thing too. Like you're like, okay, all these guys running basic backs are gone. Yeah. Um, I know a name. Going, I'm going this way. Um, Diggs, you just think you're big, better than everyone else, and you're an a hole. Um, Calvin is Ridley that, is that Diggs or the person who drafts him? <laughs> I don't know. Isn't Diggs? I don't know. He he plays with a big chip, but I thought he was, seems like an okay guy. He, I don't know. I, he, he, uh, yeah, he does. He definitely has that. Uh, people, if you like him, you love him. If you hate him, you think he's an asshole. I like him, so I don't I don't mind him that much. But yeah. I can definitely see how people think he's an asshole. Yeah. Uh, Calvin Ridley, you kind of mentioned before, uh, you're just boring. Uh, you're just ultimately like all signs point to it. And it's almost like, I would say it's almost like the easy one, but not, 
it's risky but it's not like it's just like it's almost too good to be true mm-hmm. like yeah. you're hoping for a cinderella season yeah there's no julio here what could he possibly be now like you know that's what i'm saying he's, right. like, he's the quietest top five receiver of all time They're like well settle down here buddy <laughs> like like let's just let's, let's be quiet here let's just yeah in the last couple here uh kelsey you overanalyze everything in your life it's what you do you seek advice from anyone facebook twitter instagram discord okay that so one's really sp- that one's really spot on the the kelsey person is always like this the kelsey pick is also the nick chubb pick it's it's this and the the person who's like i know about travis kelsey trust me position scarcity and what he does <laughs> like that yeah. is the and that is the fantasy guy and i'd be okay with it but he shaved his beard now i'm yeah i do not i don't Honestly, it's going to affect my my draft of him. I can't get over how much I hate the no beard Kelsey. Like, really, really. JT hate. said, "I want." JT <laughs> said, "Fantasy sports is about fun." Yeah, I want to win, but seriously, I do it for fun, and I will not draft him just so I can type in. I, I, I'm not drafting the. There's no beard. Well, there is yeah. no beard. Deion Sanders, look good look good play good play good they pay it wait you gotta look good first and yeah you don't that's have a sweet one, beard. Kelsey. what did you do <laughs> um last two here patrick mahomes you like kickers in fantasy you like to get you know that top kicker in the eighth round <laughs> you like to get your defense <laughs> in the 10th round you just you like you have to have like okay if i'm the only one i'm at least locked down one position i'm gonna have the best quarterback and the best kicker and the best defense the end period it's like, well, that's not really going to play out too well, because um, Mahomes only counts for one, one category or you know one position. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, and Joe Mixon, you're an idiot, but you're proud of it. Like, hey, maybe you're a homer, uh, maybe you just like the underdog, um, but tried and true, old, reliable, and even though he has smaller upside type of thing you know like at least you know what you're gonna get even though it's probably not first round value (laughs) yeah yeah no i that's a really good list he spent some time on this and he's done the rest as you can tell yeah so shout out go check it out um i guess really quickly i found a article on espn breaking down position uh groups in terms of like just team rank and for fantasy, I didn't really see much value in like who has the best tight end unit or wide receiver unit. But in terms of like when you're in the middle to late rounds, you're you're drafting the backups or the third wide receiver, you know, stuff like that. Um, maybe knowing who's got a really good offensive line that you could lean on um, or who. Um, in terms of like defense, maybe you could try to like, if you're in the IDP league, try to snipe some of those. Um, but I was going to focus on O-line first. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that type of thought. I know it's kind of obscure, but like it could come in handy if you're no, it, If you're in a competitive rounds. league, you need to find any advantage. And it's, it's important. It's, it depends on how your league is scored. If it's yards, this is on defensive side. If it's yards or points allowed or both or a combo, it's important to pick good offenses, but not great offenses. Like Kansas City scores so fast, they put a lot, their defense is going to give up more points and yards because they're on the field so much versus the Tennessee Titans, which might not be as good, 
but they eat clock. So they won't have the opportunity to give as many yards as other defenses are. So that is something that is not usually taken into account when ranking these teams. And I think should, because we're getting into modern offenses now where like, you know, the Rams score a lot of points. They're going to score quickly. They're methodical. The 49ers are going to score, but they're going to be slow about it. They're not going to throw deep bombs. So like their defense who has some playmakers too, might be one that get, should get a couple more bumps up than they get like things like that. Like JT saying like, running backs like backup running backs good o-line like more time for your quarterback more time for receivers to run routes little things like that like that's helped the cowboys in the past uh dak has had lots of time now he doesn't have as much time because his o-line isn't as good little things like that are how you're going to separate yourself in a very competitive league it's i think it's really important actually yep and i think in terms of offensive line i there's a lot of flux there in terms of you know it's not the sexiest position obviously it has little to no fantasy value but it has a big impact in terms of huge huge just team efficiency snap you know in terms of like how good your defense is how good your offense can stay on the field snap count things like that also now that i say that on the uh, fantasy life app if you follow the snap counter each week um, great, great breakdown for your waiver wire uh, pickups. I'll, I'll mention them later. Well, I mean, you saw the Super season. Bowl. Kansas City lost three linemen, and look what, look how different of a team they were. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's that offensive line is nothing to just write off and be like, oh, everything will fix it. Yes, the quarterback is the most important to success, but it comes at a at a limit. There's a limit to it. At a certain point, like Trevor Lawrence might be great, but there's just watching their game today the scheme and the team around him, there's just not a lot there yet. So you might think he's good and he might, but there's only so much an individual player can do. And so like the team, excuse me, team around him, one good receiver will help another receiver, you know, vice versa. You have two receivers that'll help the running game in theory, things like that. Right. So like me looking at like offensive line ranks, um, kind of near the bottom here, I'm thinking of like a, like a Joe Burrow got the question mark coming back from the knee injury but also cincinnati um in this article 29th overall ranked offensive line ouch yeah um that's not a great combination there um pittsburgh last uh, mm-hmm. giants 30th um so in terms of um like oh here we go 23rd uh minnesota oh yeah they're, they're of, like, swiss cheese man <laughs> like that that is i'm surprised they're actually that high to be very honest right they were terrible. Oh. Like I can't imagine there, there was a game last year. The Seahawks played the uh, Minnesota and there were a couple plays where it would snap and like four guys just ran past the Minnesota O-line. I'm like, and Kirk cousins isn't mobile. And I'm like, this is yeah. not how you protect Kirk cousins. <laughs> like Russell Wilson might be able to do a couple things, but Kirk cousins ain't going to do much there. Yep. And then so I mean, I mean, your top O-lines, they've got the awesome running back and somewhat goes hand in hand. Um, a great offensive line can make a running back look great. Awesome. So, I mean, Cleveland's up there, Dallas, uh, New Orleans, Indy, Philly, which I, I didn't realize they were touted so well for offensive line for this year. Um, Tampa Bay, New England, Baltimore, San Francisco, and Kansas City rounding out the top 10 there. So just something to consider. Nothing, you know, just one of those like, uh, you know, little cliff notes. and mental note move on 
um, before we leave, I'm going to say this. I was complaining about – we're going to fancy baseball here. I was complaining about Bard, the closer for um, Colorado today, and at the time he hadn't given up a run and just had a walk, guy walked, and that was it. And uh, he went one-third of an inning, ERA of 54, and a whip of six. Um, what I was just saying that was going to happen before the podcast started – it came to fruition during wow. the podcast. And so it shall be. You remind me I, of my... I think I'm dropping him. I can't, I can't deal with this anymore. I just... The save, occasional save is not worth it. No, I don't think so at this point. 20, 20 of 28 in save opportunities. No. Is like green or Loisiga available? Is this our Yahoo League? Yeah. I'll say something like that where you could at least snag a... Save over once in a while with better ratios. Nikki Lopez is available. Let's do it. Oh, mm, <laughs> get you some Nikki. I would say you you uh, set it into fruition. Act like my my two year old's doing the cutest thing recently. Like he'll pick up like a stick or anything like that kind of shape, and he'll just run around the house saying "magic wand, magic wand." Yeah, there you like, go, shaking it in the air, <laughs> just speak, like speak it into fruition. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's Expelliarmus or, you know, whatever. And he, he tried, but um, Sean, Hey, real quick. Uh, yeah. Football. Can we do PPR vote in our league? Can oh yeah. I gotta do that. Yeah. That out? Let's yes. do it. Yes. We'll do it. Um, right. So yeah. Drafts are coming up. Um, know your format, know your scoring, um, no positions, whether it's PPR, half PPR, what your flex position looks like. Most likely it's a head-to-head league, but eh, it could be Roto. I don't know. Um, and as far as draft strategy, do some mock drafts. Get comfortable with the, the platform that you use. Um, each one is different, and I think they've changed so much in the last couple of years. Like we went into the Yahoo one for baseball to begin the season, and it was like, whoa, this is like same but different, but it had like a video chat feature. And so it was just make sure you're familiar with it. And then I'm a big proponent of ranking tiers, at least for football uh, being concerned. Um, I do like knowing the drop-offs and just trying to anticipate seeing the runs, trying to keep up with that uh, more so than, than other ones, because there's only so many, you know, offensive weapons on the field that are, are legit and that you can at least count on. That quarterback run is scary when you miss yeah. those first couple and you're like, oh crap. Because you get in that mode where you get really want to target a guy and then the run starts and you're like, do I switch? Do I go on this run? Yeah. yeah. Knowing the I mean, runs is huge. It's good to have a scrambling quarterback, but you don't want to be scrambling in your draft. Nice, nice, nice way to bring it all around. <laughs> all right. Closing thoughts here. Dad bod player of the week. We're going with Miggy. Miguel Cabrera, hat tip, 500th home run. I saw he's um, before tonight's game started, 45 hit shy of 3,000, two-time MVP. Snagged the Triple Crown Award no big, in 2012. No Do I have to ask? Hall oh, of Fame? He is without a doubt a Hall of Famer. All, three, all of those things, one, two MVPs. He's going to get 3,000 hits. Gonna get 500 home runs, got a triple crown. Any you do any of those things, you're in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, he, like a one or two World Series rings? He will be. Uh, was he there? Yeah, he's there for the second Miami Marlins too. So yeah. Um, so he 
will be the first player to do that. So there's triple crown and 500 people, 500 hits, but there's no, or 500 home runs, triple crown. And, but there's none mm-hmm. of them have 3000 hits. He'll be the first one to have all three of those. Oh, good for him. So I think that includes like mantle and Frank Robinson. I think those guys are pretty good. I think he'll, I think he'll be in the hall. So we've got like five or six weeks left. Do you think he can sneak in 3,000 right at the end? No, I think he'll get it the next year. Yeah. <laughs> With all that Me said, <laughs> his expected Woba is like the second worst player. <laughs> his last it just has past, to be a so. hit, John. It just has I, to be you know, not an error. He, he can walk into him, but I don't know if he's going to walk into 50 in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, well, back in the day, you just – act like you're gonna walk him intentionally he'll still hit it and he'll still hit it there you go see nice way nice reference yeah baltimore there we go all right well thank you for joining us we appreciate you listening and whoever is out there in virginia uh shout out to yeah. you i would like to know your identity thank you for uh listening along over the weekend uh our viewership went up almost by like a third so um, our dad wisdom of the week to let you go. Enjoy the moments. Make memories. Life is a gift. That's why it's called the present. I had an awesome dad joke over the weekend. Do you want to hear it? Let's do it. So we were at a birthday party, six-year-old, and the dad was trying to prepare like, hey, how many gifts left? He's about to get the pinata set up. How many gifts? We've got a couple, like one, two. And I, and I just, in the middle of everyone, I said, hey, Josh, She's always going to have one gift left because life is a gift. And everyone, you could hear a collective like, oh my God, <laughs> like who that's, invited this guy? That's the dad jokes we appreciate on this podcast. And I that's joked and I was like, I wasn't invited. I'm just the neighbor a couple houses over. I just saw there was a party and I joined. That's right. <laughs> and that's the ultimate move. When there's no, not invited in the neighborhood and you walk over. Yeah. I smell uh, Mariner's dogs on the grill. Hey, I've got children and I snack. We don't play with this toy anymore here. Happy birthday. (laughs) There you go. Boom. That's a dad move. What do you use on this yard here? (laughs) Right. Yeah. You guys go Senski or you going like some DIY Scots? The fact that I knew what you said both times makes me feel bad about myself. (laughs) All right, everyone. Take care. Be well. And until next time, see ya. See ya. Oh, you know, man, you know, man, you know, man.